Hey, Relevant Development community, are you ready to take your leadership to new heights? Begin your journey with the Raise the Bar Leadership Group. With only 25 spots available, transform your leadership in just 90 days through dynamic weekly sessions, well-crafted strategies, and a supportive community. Discover the art of leading with authenticity, strength, and influence. You can secure your spot by messaging me the word leader to info at weraisethebar.com. That's info at weraise, R-A-I-Z-E, thebar.com. Anyone can hold a position, but not everyone can raise the bar. Let's lead boldly with intentionality and purpose. If you're ready, DM me the word leader. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome to the Relevant Development Podcast. I am your host, Juan Alvarado. Today's a special bonus episode where I'm going to be covering the seven deadly sins of an organization. I did this podcast episode in Palm Springs for an organization called the Boost Collaborative. If you don't know who or what the Boost Collaborative is, it's an organization that helps those who work with students before, during, or after school programming to uplift the staff, uplift students, get bring them vendors, help, training, everything you, th- you can think of in the ed space that helps those people who work with youth. And so they put on a conference every single year uh, in Palm Springs. And if you are if you know somebody who works with youth, if you're interested to know more about Boost Collaborative, I will put the their uh, website down in the show notes. I will also put the link to the Boost conference so you can attend. Great conference. I've gone, I would say in the last five years, I've gone three times, um, not only as someone who was trying to get poured into, but I went to speak. So I've conducted workshops there. I did a pop-up dinner and I was able to take the Relevant Development podcast to Palm Springs two years in a row. This past conference, I spoke on this topic, the seven deadly sins of an organization. And so the audio that you're going to hear today is just the audio of that recording there live in Palm Springs. So today, all you're going to get is the audio of this because that's what I have. Video got corrupted. It's a whole different, it's a whole technical story. Please enjoy this podcast episode of the seven deadly sins. And here's another extra bonus is because the podcast went a little long, I'm going to cut it up into two to three different podcasts. So for the next two or three days, you will get the seven deadly sins. I'll cut it up into, I think this episode is going to be the first four, one through four. Next episode will be uh, five, six, and seven, and then possibly the Q&A if I, if I can still get that audio. And I want to send this to you as an in-between season of season two and season three. Here is a bonus of the Relevant Development Podcast just for you, the seven deadly sins of an organization. Are you ready? Let's get into it. So welcome to the Relevant Development Podcast. My name is Juan Alvarado. I'm your host. And today we're talking about, yes, being the leader that they need you to be. And they could be your staff. They could be your students. They could be your coworkers, your boss. And so... I had a couple ideas on here to say, like, how do, what else can we do? Like, how do you be the person that they need you to be? But what is it? Sometimes we tend to be somebody that we have been wired to be. We tend not to be who we truly are. We're just who we are in that moment. I know I get this way when I plan events or I'm doing it. I'm not, I'm not doing the training. I'm hosting the training and I'm doing all the logistics. People are like, want, want. And I'm like, hold on, not right now. And I'm running back and forth, back and forth. That's not who I am, but that's who I am in the moment. And I said this in one of the, the trainings that I did was a piece of sand in somebody's eye can be an irritant, but that same piece of sand in an oyster is going to produce a pearl. And they both cause an irritation, but one causes pain and one causes something precious, right? So 
it exposes what you can do or who you could be. So when we see that we get frustrated with a student or frustrated with a staff or frustrated in a situation, all that's telling you is this is what you need to learn. You don't know how to handle a kid in this situation. This is where you need to work on. You don't know how to handle a tough staff. So this is what you need to learn and, and do, right? So I think we do stuff naturally and we have to be careful of those things. So I came up with set, not in any particular order, but seven deadly sins of an organization or of a, of a program. And my first one here is leading the same way that you always have led. How many of you guys, how many of your programs have grown? I'll tell you right now, you cannot run your program, your organization, the same way you ran it when it was this big. And you can't run it the same way this big when it was this big. You have to make changes. There's going to be times where you guys need more staff and more staff means, man, more responsibility, but it also means more delegation. It also means you might need to hire somebody. A caveat of this is sometimes some leaders don't want to hire help like another one of them, because what if they're better than I am? What if they step on What if they change everything? Yeah. What if they do? And what if they make it better? Right. For the longest time, my boss was like, we need to get you an assistant. We need to get you an assistant. And, for, and I've learned this. Right. So anything that I tell you guys is not something, not just something that I'm saying. It's actually something that I've gone through. And I didn't want one. I don't. I, I was like, I can handle everything. They're like, Juan, you're doing everything. You're doing hiring. You're doing write-ups. You're doing evaluations. You're doing the the training. You're doing. You're observing. You know, 13 different sites. Like you're doing everything. You need somebody. I'm like, but I got it. I got it. Now, if we expand, I'll think about it. But then I was like, fine. Bring somebody in to help me with the stuff that I don't want to do, like the paperwork stuff, the stuff that keeps me here. Because when I got hired, the job was, hey, we want it to be like 80% out in the field and 20% in the office. And that doesn't happen, right? It's the other way around. Like how many of you guys are supposed to be out doing observations or being out with your staff and you're stuck behind a desk? Yeah. And then we wonder why our sites are falling apart, right? And we'll get to that in a, in a, in a moment. But you cannot lead the way you've always led. I had a site that had that it was a new school. It was going to be a K-8. They started school K-8, but the programs went K-3. After school programs went K-3. The following year was K-4. Four and five was added. The following year is K through six. And then the next year was K seven and eight. Cause they wanted to make sure that we grew at the right pace at the right time. And even though those kids were going home and went and we had angry parents and they're like, how come we don't have a program yet for, for them? And like, we're just, we're making sure we're doing it right. And so as it started to get bigger, the site lead there who's here, I saw her just the other day and, and I was like, Hey, what are you doing here? She was like, wow, we're having trouble. Like we were functioning so well. And then all of a sudden, junior high came in six, seven, eight, and it's it's crazy. They went from five staff to eight staff to 15 staff. And you can't run eight staff like you can 15 staff, right? It's like having kids in kids in a room. Like if you have, how many, anybody have more than two kids? Two kids? Yeah. You can't, you can't have them in the same spot at the same time because, and here's the scarier part when it's quiet. You're like, oh God, what are they doing? So you, you just can't, you can't do things. You have to do things differently. You have one kid. Awesome. Leave them there and be like, all right, I'll come back from work. I'll be back in eight hours. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you bring two kids in and then the third kid, for whatever reason, that's where we start to have issues and problems. So you have seven staff set there, Everyone has a magic number somewhere. You got three or four staff. You're good. Four staff. Good. Five staff. The fifth one changes everything. So if there's a change, then you need to change and you need to change with the direction, with the leadership. Things have to make, have to make a change. So we I said, how are you running a program? She goes, the same way we've always been running a program. Like, I don't see the difference. 
So we had to separate stuff, you know, kinder snack by themselves, first through third snack, fourth and fifth snack, sixth snack, and then seventh and eighth snack. Like we had to change stuff up and then we created such a machine that it looks chaotic, but it's organized chaos. Like you just see people moving and you're like, dude, it's crazy here. 320 some odd students at the school in the program. And you just see people moving and they all have a place to go. And all of a sudden within minutes, everyone's in classrooms. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Because we got into a rhythm. But there's a lot of times where even bigger organizations, not just school sites, but organizations, they try to function the same. So the program that I was a part of, they now have two buildings that they're in. And they went from 200 staff to like 300 staff. And they've, they, they went from, well, when I first started, like a half a million dollar budget. And now they have a $10 million budget. Like, it's huge. We now, they have, now have a before school, not program, but they assist the school in the regular school day. They have to operate completely different. They have to hire two more HR people. And it just has to change. Meetings are different. We couldn't have the same meetings all the time. So you have to ask yourself, are we leading the same way that we've always led? And then we talk about insanity. What's the, what's the definition of insanity? I know you guys have heard this before. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, right? So when you constantly have, how many of you guys have had the same issues every single year? The staff are doing this or the kids are doing this. Guess what? They're doing the same thing because you're doing the same thing. So something has to change and we have to figure out what that is. The second one is not wanting to learn from people who are older than you or learning from people who are younger than you. I've heard this a lot. Sweetie, I've been doing this before you were born. And my response wants to be, but you're not driving a horse and buggy either. Things change. And you're not doing a rotary phone either. You have a cell phone. Things change. And if you're not careful, you're going to end up like Blockbuster. How many of you guys remember Blockbuster? Sam Goody. Anybody remember Sam Goody? Right? Circuit City, right? A lot of those places, pretty soon, Bed, Bath, and Beyond. Everyone's like, aw. The other people are like, deals, though. Going out of sale. So I heard this from a, a, a rapper, an old school rapper named KRS-One. And he says... If the older generation would just learn from the younger generation, it will make them faster amongst their older part counterparts. And if younger people learn from older people, they become wiser and become faster around younger people. And that's a win-win. So when we have, when you have new staff, we can learn from them. Even though they may not know nothing about after-school program, get them, in, get them in the trenches and they'll start to teach you something. I wanted to make a lot of changes in the programs that I ran and I was always told, hold on, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then finally, when I was able to, just like anything, when there's change, things are going to go haywire at first and then they'll get better, right? If you have to repave a road, you have to knock out the original asphalt, right? You need to start fresh. And so, he didn't really want to learn from me because he's been in the industry long, longer than I have. And he's got the, you know, doctorate degree and got the well, master's degree and all this other stuff. But being with the staff, I saw something that he didn't see. And so there was these issues. And it's like, you have a giraffe-sized viewpoint and you're trying to have a turtle view, right? Like, you don't have that turtle's view. And then when we start to argue, it's like, you're trying to have like my view of things are completely different. So where I mess up is I'm trying to have giraffe sized arguments with somebody who has a view of a turtle, right? And so we, we need to look at everything holistically, like how is this a win-win and how can I learn to get better? So we have to learn from those people that are wiser than us, but those people also have to learn from the people under us as well. And so you have to be careful if you're stuck behind a desk, those of you guys that raise your hands, 
the people that are in the trenches that are there every single day, specifically your, your dedicated ones are going to see problems that you don't see. And so we have to learn from them, whether it's bringing new vendors in, whether it's getting, Hey, training somebody new, you know, anything like that, we need to look, we need to look at it. So be, be conscious of how you learn. Don't be prideful to say, well, you just got here or you're only 20 something or 18. One of my better staff that picked it up really quick after school program was his first job. And he was a staff for two, for about two years. And then he became a site lean and he was a really good site lean. Then we moved him somewhere else to help grow that program. And now he works for the school district. Some of the staff, of course, that's, that's a story, but you have a lot of people who it takes time. You have some really good staff that, that are good at their jobs, but it doesn't convert. And we'll, we could talk about that later. This next one is saying, that's how we've always done it. Why do we do things that way? So why are we always done it? That tells me, I don't know. And I'm too lazy to figure out why, or just do it. Be quiet and do it. I hate that answer. That's how we've always done it because nobody understands why we have to be able to ask ourselves, like, is this the best way? Like, why do, if, if we all, if, if that's how we always done it, then why do we even come to trainings? Cause we're looking for new things to do. So we have to be open to, I'm not going to take that. That's how we've always done it. I'll give you an example where I got slapped on the wrist a little bit. In the program that I was running, we didn't have a whole lot of money. We had $1,700 to run a program, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. So I had to get, I had to get resourceful. I took all the janitor's broomsticks and like unscrewed them from the, from the, the sweeping part. And we had discs, not fris. They were like Frisbees, but the big hole in the middle. And we had, there was a big old hill. So we had setting kids down there with, with all the brooms and mops and the kids are chucking these discs and they're over here trying to catch them. Like that was wreck for us. And I started to write to Microsoft and write to IC and all kinds of, and I got stuff donated. I got Xboxes donated and IC machines donated and a bunch of stuff because I believe that if you ask, you shall receive. And so I started to ask for things. And then I started to look at, I want to see the transportation contract. I want to know what we're paying for. Because my first thought was maybe we just need to cut down on the buses just to save money. There's a rural bus because it's a rural school. So one, a bus that takes all the kids to the country and then kids that, and then the city buses take the kids to the city. And we found, I was told no. And I was like, well, I want to see what we're paying for because I want to see what we're paying for. We were paying for five buses and we were only getting four. And that had been going on for like four or five years. And we found out that the principal was using that money for other things. So I got slapped on the wrist and I had administration that were like, there's that guy that, you know, caused a ruckus. Guess what? My kids were happy and I got to expose my kids and those of you guys that were there to at my class on, on, on Wednesday, we got to go on our first field trip and we took our kids to Santa Monica Pier who people have never gone to the beach before and never seen the ocean before. We took them to UCLA and long story short, one of the kids that graduated high school not too recently said, thank you for taking him to UCLA because he never thought about going to college. And now he's now a graduate of, U of UC Davis. You can slap me in the wrist all you want, but at least my kids got a future, right? So it freed up about, about five or $6,000 for us to use. And then we started getting our ADA and then we got grants back and things like that. But it's all because I did not accept that's how we've always done it. I'm working with schools right now that say, one, we don't have a budget to bring in a speaker or a trainer. And I said, why not? You guys should have ELOP money. Those of us from California should know what ELOP money is. And she, he's the person there says, my principal says we don't have any more ELOP money. I was like, impossible. You better have a shrine outside in platinum. Blue. And so she just emailed me today. We've been working with each other for about 18 months. And she finally says, I have a budget. Some ELOP money showed up. I'm like, awesome. So 
just continue in your program. Just continue to push the envelope. Do it respectfully. Do it respectfully. But there's nothing wrong with asking questions and not like getting be subsequent to that's how we've always done it. Next one is not having a regular evaluation of your staff. And here's the extra bonus one. This also means an evaluation of your organization too. We want to give evaluations of our staff, but nobody wants to look at why the HR department is on their third HR person or the business department keeps on getting new, new people. It's because, you know, you end up finding out that certain organization departments are hiring friends or hiring this, or they don't, they don't like this department. And so they're not going to give them extra people or help or whatever. And there's not any value. And there's nobody saying, why the hell you guys keep on going through people? This is your fourth person in a year. What's going on? Because it's taken care of. Like, as long as they have somebody there, they know what they're doing. Uh, apparently they don't, right? So we have to be able to do evaluation of our people, but we also have to do evaluations of our organization. This is why we do surveys, right? So like if we got a bad survey here, they probably, I go in and I say, hey, I want to do a podcast again. They might say, you know what, Juan? We got an okay review last year and this year it wasn't that good. We're probably not. We're going to go somewhere else. That's what surveys are for. The hope is it's the opposite. People saw that the, the workshop was really good last year and it was even better this year. That next year, uh, keynote speaker uh, for next year. So, but there's gotta be, there's gotta be evaluations done. So this is what I like to do that helps, that would help an organization. And it's a lot of work, but if you want a really good program and a really good organization, you have to put the work in. So new hires get a 30, 60, 90 day evaluation. They have to do well if they're, we're gonna keep them. And then from there, the rest of the year, they get whatever the mid-year would be, and then the end of the year. How many of you guys do an evaluation just at the end of the year? Just at the end of the year, anybody? Yeah. And that's some of that's typical. How many of you guys do two a year, mid and end? So this is the thing that sucks about both, is you get to a certain spot, specifically that at the end of the year, it's like, hey, you did this really, really well, and it would've been like, well, thanks, I would've liked to know that beforehand. And this is what you do really, really bad. And I wish I would have known that earlier too, because I got two or three write-ups because of it. But if I would have just known that ahead of time, that we, we could have fixed it. We could have fixed the communication. We could have fixed the connection between the staff and the, and the leads, between management. And so we need to be able to have these better. So 30, 60, 90 days. In those 30, 60, 90 days, the 30 days should be some, the stuff that's basic. So if it's an admin thing, it's like you come to work on time, you return emails, you attend meetings and you interact with us, whatever the basic stuff is. Insight, then as a staff, you know, you have your, your lines, you have, you know, you show up on, to, to work on time, you know, kids appreciate you, you, you're where you're supposed to be, all the like basic stuff. 60 days would be a little bit more of that, that advanced stuff. And then 90 days should be like, yeah, you pretty much got it down. We still need to work on these things. But then it should, the half part for them is, should be that, that like solidifying stuff. This is really good. Now I want you to learn more. And there's got to be a growth, like a growth pattern. There's got to be something that's on track. For returning staff, you could do it quarterly. And the, it should be like, like the kids get report cards. They get a progress report, report card. Progress report, report card. So you get a progress report of, hey, everything's going really well. We just need to work on these things. And you cannot be afraid to tell staff you need to work on these things. And that's it. Thank you so much for joining me. Make sure that you come back tomorrow for the continuation of the seven deadly sins. Thank you so much for listening to one through four. And just to recap, that is you can't lead the same way that you've currently that you currently are leading. 
The second deadly sin is you don't want to learn for those that are above you or below you. Either people are too old or too young. Three, this is the way we've always done it. This is my absolute favorite one to hate, if you will. And then number four, not having regular evaluations for not only your staff, but your leadership team and the organization. Four huge deadly sins of an organization that if you're not quick to fix, you will start to see some issues. Thank you so much for joining me today. Before you go, let me just give you a couple of different ways on how I can help you from here. Continue to listen to the podcast, Spotify, Apple, and on YouTube to follow me on social media, on on our social media accounts, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. But three, if you are looking to bring somebody into your organization to speak to your staff or your leadership, please reach out. Let's connect and let's come up with a game plan on how I can come into your organization and help you with your staff, the leadership team, and the organization so you can raise that bar. Thank you so much and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Relevant Development Podcast with Juan Alvarado. You can rate and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform and be sure to follow Juan on Instagram at Raise the Bar CEO. That's R A I Z E, the Bar CEO, or at WeRaiseTheBar.com. That's We R A I Z E, the Bar.com. We'll see you here next time. Next time. Next time.